I don't have anything to add prior to getting started. So we may as well get started. Um, I believe when we last left off, we were hanging out, <clears throat> excuse me, back up at the keep and getting a little rest in. And there was some reading going on and some regaining of spell slots going on and waiting for Lady Nandar and Mert to arrive, if I remember correctly. Um, which should be any minute now, but I'm just, what are well, we what are you guys doing this morning and what would you like to be doing now? Correction. I think yes. they already arrived and spoke to them. Oh, that's true, yes. Mm -hmm. And then we were, um, we were doing a short rest before we went to the crypt uh -huh. so that Dawn able to have Revivify. Yes, and um, we, it should be early afternoon at this point because they right. went back to the keep because Mert said, I can come with you, but I probably should stay with Lady Nandar, so. All right. We did what talk to talk to a guard to provide us to enter and gave a layout of sorts. Yep. That I don't remember. And just for one point of clarification, when Barrett did the rest overnight, he would have attuned to unattuned from his eyes of the eagle and attuned to his Eldritch Claw tattoo. Cool. Since I didn't actually know he still had it. So but he's apparently that is the one thing that survived. Yeah, not equipment. Not equipment. Okay. So is there anything anybody wants I made to do before, changes, that's before just moving on? Normal long rest stuff. Anyway, here we go. Um, I, I I don't know if I clarified. So I said we did a one hour short rest. We actually did two last okay. time, Travis. So you get one. Yeah, so I can two hours of two hours of reading book reading in. Okay, which we will from henceforth call studying. Yes, studying. Reading. Um, just so that we can clarify the difference between just. Obviously, we have a number of books that are history books, and reading through those to find that information is one thing. Studying a book to attune to it is a whole different thing. We will, we will refer to that as studying. All right, is there anything else anybody else wants to do prior to leaving the keep, I suppose, or whatever it is that you all decide to do? Oh, Z will organize his notes. <laughs> Good plan. Good plan. <clears throat> all right. So... Everybody has an opportunity to finish up a rest and enjoy themselves. And um, Lady Nandar is busily kind of tending to things, checking out the library, figuring out what's what, uh, trying to make sure that that the townspeople of which a few have kind of rushed her to seek guidance, leadership, but mostly just comfort as she has become the rock of Nightstone and People just feel better when she's around. So there are a number of people uh, d just speaking with her, trying to, what are we going to do? The library's a mess. And she's spending most of her time just calming people down and, and sorting things out. <clears throat> the rest of the day is yours. What would you like to do? Um, Stefan, you said it's an action to make the pearl be a spell slot? Yeah. Okay, so I'll so do that. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty good. Then. Okay, so I'll do that like right before we go into the crypt. But other than that, I'm good to go. You could do it now if you wanted. Does it not have to be like I do it and then it's a... Okay, in that case, no. I will say a prayer to Helm that nobody die and that I don't have to use this spell slot. Yeah, cool. I'll do that. Okay. Fantastic. Um, yeah, uh, did we want to talk about anything before we go to the crypt? Yes, so Barrett would say... <laughs> I didn't know we were going straight, straight to the crypt. We can do this as we're walking to the crypt if we want. Um, so everyone, what do we know about this crypt? Like, do we, we, we know where it's at, and we were told that 
many people have gone in there many times to, you know, pay their respects or whatever. So I don't think it's like we're opening some, you know, vault that hasn't been opened forever kind of thing. But do we need a guide? Do we need anyone to go in with us? Or are we feeling good about just waltzing in? From the way Mert made it sound, um, we should be okay, okay on our own. He offered, but he didn't make it sound like it was something life-threatening. Then again, it's Mert. Right. Okay. Well, that's fine. I just didn't know. Wanted to, to find out before we waltzed in. And then, you know, last time we were in a crypt, we ended up getting into a pretty big mess and a pretty nasty little battle. And there was a rug that tried to smother me to death. Is there anything that we need to talk about here in terms of what our stance is going to be if a ghost or a mummy or a anything undead comes out at us? Are we immediately attacking? Are we trying to talk to it? Are we, how do we feel? Well, theoretically, the only bodies that should be in there are Dreslin's and this favored aunt of his. Right. So supposedly there shouldn't be any other bodies springing forth to attack us, but I feel like we should avoid conflict if nothing attacks and only i mean if we're attacked we defend if we're not attacked we touch as little as possible find as much as possible and yep. leave and on that note if we run into the ant or we run into dreslin do are we trying to talk with them are we trying to again i'm just asking before i start swinging the stick around and you know making it impossible to parlay with someone i mean i feel like weren't you the one who wanted to talk him the last time absolutely or have your I, has your outlook changed no 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 I, I i i'm also kind of assuming that if we run into dreslin this time it's it's not going to be the dreslin that we battled at the mythalar i i think this would be a dreslin 1.0 and that was dreslin 2.0 or whatever the right terminology would be in fantasy world um because because i just i i don't feel like so I guess I'm just wondering, like, the reason we're going in there is for information. What are we looking for? And and certainly, I think talking to anything, anybody that we find in there is going to be a better a, a better thing than just going in to destroy and kill and steal and whatever. So I, I'm 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 all for talking. I'm just trying to figure out what are we trying to get out of them. Any information, any, just... any information we can. Basically, we're looking for very odd things in the crypt, as I understand it. Okay. And if there's yeah. no body, there's not really anything we can do. Okay. And then on that note, Dawn, last night when you were preparing spells, did you prepare Speak With Dead? I did. But okay. before that's even an option, I only have the pearl. I can cast a level three spell once, and it is on the same level as Revivify if things go very wrong. So everybody just keep in mind if if I do use the spell to talk to a body, all we have, Barrett, is that scroll of yours. I was just going to say, right here in this pouch is where I keep the scroll so that it's handy <laughs> right next to my healing potion. <laughs> I've got the scroll and the healing potion and the thieves tools right there. So if anybody that ever my uh, next question. needs it, yeah. If one of us dies, you can talk with us tomorrow since you have <laughs> speak with him. Wow. I'm not going anywhere. Um, also, and... Um, I'll make this known. I have a potion of greater healing and a potion of preem healing. Both of these are in the bag of holding directly. So if anything happens, you can you guys can now call them from the bag of holding. Excellent. Good to know. Also, I have a potion of invis invulnerability. So 
Also good uh, tonight. Z, you and I both have five more hours of death ward, so. Oh, excellent. Then we should be, I, well, then I'm the guinea pig, so perfect. Because <laughs> you have revivify. I do. So I'm death warded. I'm clearly the one to stand up to be killed. And that then I've already been dead, outlook. so it's not my turn to go. <laughs> All right. Why then. are we having this kind of a conversation? This is not know, fill me it. with. This is the best. It's the best ever. I mean, right. as far as we know, I think all of us have been very close, except for Don. So, yeah, this is a little suspicious. The look on the face. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. All right. So, oh, really, uh, really, guys, After um, everything we've been through. Just walking conversation as we head toward the yeah, crypt. Exactly. It's got to go a little dark <laughs> when we're heading toward the crypt. Why not? Just to be clear, my rule encountering most things has always been if I won't attack it, if it attacks me first then I can't be held responsible for my reaction. But, yeah. I mean, I'm down for talking. No, no issue with that, Great. as long as it doesn't attack me. As you continue walking toward the cemetery, the, you're approaching where the Nightstone used to be, and, of course, uh, the interest in the fact that the Nightstone is no longer there has definitely not died down. There are still a couple of people. There's <clears throat> one elderly couple... They appear to be human talking about it with uh, two children that are kind of leaning over the edge of the hole, looking down into the hole, and everybody's still a bit abuzz about the missing nightstone. As you approach the cemetery, which uh, is in Miro, if anybody wanted to join in Miro, I will share my screen also. <clears throat> Excuse me. As you approach the cemetery, the larger building that is in front of the cemetery from this angle as you head toward the cemetery gate this side, the eastern side, you can see has a much more church appearance to it, a temple appearance. From the south side, the, the entire western half of the building in previous passes appeared to be maybe storage, maybe barn kind of functional building. But it looks like the entire eastern quarter of the building is a very generic temple. Uh, and the, the door is just an archway that is open to a, a just a dirt floor, well, a, a pounded clay floor. And there are some benches in there. Clearly it's a, this particular side is, is for worship. You see small temples and, and little offerings that people have left uh, just outside. The gate to the cemetery itself is not all too fancy. It's pretty, but more functional than anything and opens inward. Inside the cemetery, there are roughly 30, 40 graves. Presumably people uh, over the time that Nightstone has been here and with the, the attacks from, or the exchanges with the elves, the combat with the elves and things like that, uh, a, a larger number than probably should be here in the last 10 years, but knowing that there's been some conflict and there are a number of children's graves as well that uh, didn't survive infancy. In the back corner, in the northeastern corner is the only remarkable tomb or sizable tomb of any any note. Clearly, this is the Namdar tomb. It's a little bit taller than than average height, not not ostentatious, but certainly an above ground tomb. There's two torches on either side of the door. The door appears to be stone and appears to swing inward. There is also an iron gate in front of that, and that's where the lock appears to be. It's a small pitched roof on it, very low pitched roof, 
probably eight feet high, easily scalable if one were to choose to do that. Yeah, what would you like to do? Are there any people anywhere in the cemetery or near the crypt? No, uh, the, only, the only people nearby would be in the tavern to uh, your east, but they are currently inside the tavern. Presumably the people in the town square could probably see if they were paying attention, but they're much more focused on the former location of the night. Does it look like anyone's in the temple? No, okay. Okay. both the doors are closed. Oh, the temple, I'm sorry. No, there does not appear to be anybody in the temple. I mean, like, there's nobody going in and out or no services going on that we can hear. Or... Okay. Not at all. Well, let's go take a look at the crypt, shall we? Yeah. On no, the way, are there any... Oh, sorry. I was going to ask if there are any noticeable um, uh, names on the tombstones. As exactly what I was going to say. Let's take the long uh, way there and mm-hmm. just look at, read some names or see if there's any funny tombstones. <laughs> Always looking for a good epitaph. Oh, the pressure of, for a DM. There are a few names that you recognize from town. You don't know a lot of people in town, so you haven't actually met a lot of the people in town. There is the, wherever they went, there they are, uh, the Summerhawk family, the halflings. There are two very small graves of young children. Both died apparently on the same day. Of course, it does not say on the tombstone what caused their death, but they were uh, one about 18 months old. Other than that, you don't know anybody. So there are there are certainly names on some of the tombstones. Many of them have no names at all. They're just a stone, but nothing appears unusual or out of the ordinary. Okay, to the crypt, to the crypt. <laughs> all right, you approach the crypt. It is currently locked. The barred iron gate is closed and it would appear locked. I can go find a guard. Or I can pick it. Whichever one. You have a key. We have a key, yeah. Oh, we yeah, did give the key? Okay. Never mind. I can uh, hey, let's use the key. Let's <laughs> use the key. As you put the key in, um, it turns. It's a, There's a very loud clank, a thunderous clank, as bars from the top and the bottom release the iron gate. The iron gate is now swingable. Uh, it swings out? The iron gate swings towards you, yes. <laughs> And the inside door is in. Um, Barrett will remove his uh, lantern of revealing and light it up. Okay. And uh, if no one stops him, he'll step up to the doors and pull one of them open. Yeah. Sure. What you, the first thing you see is a hall of sorts. It's fairly long. Um, Excuse me. First thing you see inside is a set of stairs that just go straight underground. Set of stairs that go straight under. There's nothing actually in the tomb except a set of stairs. Well, why don't we go ahead and light light the poi up, float the poi ahead of us, and just head down the stairs. And Sounds good. Shall, shall uh, Barrett and I take the, the front? If you like. Um, is it dusty in here? Does it look like people have been recently? You can roll an investigation check and find out. That's a seven. A seven. As far as you can tell, nobody's been here recently. But it's, it's difficult to tell. There's just not enough dust in the floor to be able to notice whether there were footprints or anything like that. Seems fairly clean. As you head down the stairs, you enter a, uh, you hit the bottom of the stairs. You figure you've probably gone down about maybe eight feet underground, maybe 10. The stairs end in a small hallway that goes straight to a dead end and then takes a right. You do notice that there is a limited amount of light coming from the hallway to the right. 
think more I remember than we would someone I think I remember someone saying there were magic torches down here that were always mm -hmm. lit but I don't remember yeah. who or why we would known that but I think somebody said that but regardless Perfect, I still yeah. got my lantern out so we ought to have enough light um the lantern all... shines light Barrett yeah the lantern of revealing let me just read it real quick it says uh, bright light for 30 feet and dim light for an additional 30 feet and then invisible creatures and objects are visible as long as they're in the lantern's bright light so basically a 30 foot radius around us anything that's invisible and I'm I'm assuming that's anything that's invisible shows up not just to me but to everyone I think is the way I would read that so we can keep well, that in you're, mind if your lantern, yeah if your lantern's on I'm gonna uh, quaff the poi and put them on my body okay perfect um, sure. I, I mean, I, if you're looking for somebody to take, yeah, lead, let's I'll, just let's just continue yeah. on. Well, let Zebo go ahead and okay. walk down. As you move forward, the the first thing you notice is that the sound starts to fade away. You're underground now. The soil is more absorbent of the sound and the echoes, and it feels underground. Uh, there are no echoes or sounds bouncing off the walls. It seems to be fairly well constructed. The tomb itself. Obviously, it's what, considering the places that you guys have been, this would seem pretty recent construction, considering how long it's been here. And as you head toward the end of this hallway, it forks sharply to the left, and it is up to you if you decide to head that way. Are we heading that way? There's nothing, no. um, is there anything like visible around us other than just stone and hallway? Just stone and hallway and a torch at the end of the hall. Does it look like it's a magical torch? Absolutely, yeah. All right. All right. Moving on from yeah. where from where you are at this point, as you turn that corner, you can start to see pretty fully into the room, and it is almost exactly as as Mert described it. It's a really large space. As you kind of situate your get your bearings and figure out where you are in relation to everything above, you feel like you're probably somewhere under the, portions of this are under the actual cemetery itself. But it is, it's large for an underground tomb for one person, obviously. And, What's, oh, sorry. Go ahead. What's the ceiling? So the floor looks like it's stone, walls are stone. What's the ceiling? The ceiling appears to be very similar to that, except it's not stone. It, it's very well carved. Um, it's shored up with beams along the edges of the walls. So there are beams holding up the ceiling, but it's very rocky above you. Uh, lots of loose stone. Well, I don't know. They, I would say loose stones, lots of stone above you, but it's it's very rocky, held up by beams, cross beams. Okay. Well, heck, let's go in and take a look at the superstar first. All right. Sure. So the room is is almost exactly as as Mert described it. There are obviously some benches for sitting and reflecting on dead loved ones. There's a small altar in front of Dreslin's tomb, which has nothing on it currently, but there are a few candles on either side that apparently are also lit with magical flame. The altar looks like it's probably for offerings, maybe. The small table at the end of his tomb has an arrow on it, which is uh, interesting, but also you heard that. And then there are four large statues on the right-hand side of the room, the eastern side of the room, kind of dividing each of the other five caskets. Other than that, it's it's pretty barren. There's not, not much of interest in the room. Uh investigating more closely uh the sarcophagus crypt however he's laid out okay whatever 
is that like a stone carving of him on top of it? Yes, it's it's not very well done, to be honest. It's clearly a representation of Dreslin, but it's a very rough representation, as if there was nobody artistic enough to do it really well. Um, but it is definitely supposed to be his effigy. His features are are very vague. There's a nose, there's an eye, you know, there's impressions where the eyes should be, that sort of thing. But it's not certainly not in a hundred percent detail. Would you like to roll an investigation check? Yes, looking for investigative or um, little connecting things. I'll help you with that. Yes, Stefan, if you don't mind controlling me, I have like none of my stuff. No problem. Well, even even with advantage, that was only a ten. It's a sarcophagus. There's not much. Uh, it's a stone lid, mostly stone on the sides. There's uh, wood adorn wooden adornments around the edges, just to add a little detail with some carvings on the sides. There's no. There's an inscription of just his name. There's not. There's just not much very interesting about it. What about the arrow? thing pedestal there is that like is that a statue uh, it's or a like, a, like a stone image of the arrow is the actual arrow no, it's an actual arrow it's an actual arrow is it the arrow uh you were told it is the arrow oh wow i missed so that you have no reason to assume it's not but if you would like to roll an investigation check you can pick it up and have a look if that's what you're interested in um, sure i assume somebody's helping I'll I'll help you out. I'll take a look at that arrow with you. Well, it's like the highest investigation roll I've ever gotten. That's a nat 20. Wow. For a total of? Uh, 20. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So the first thing you notice is that the arrow seems very old. Considering that whatever happened happened a year ago, you're surprised at how old it appears. It looks to be, roll a history check to go along with that. Not that plenty again. Oh, <laughs> oh I'm okay, rolling fine. Thistle's dice, by the way. That um, is this my critical voice, but yeah. Damn. Um, okay, in that case, you don't know a lot about this arrow. The first thing that that is really just jumps out at you, especially given the story that you've heard, is that there's no iconography or style about this arrow that says anything elvish. It is definitely not of elven name. The thatching just is all black feathers. The thatching is very, 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 the fletching, excuse me, is very rough on the ends. It's not, there's nothing artistic about it that would indicate that it was elven made of any kind. Even even the elves that you met adorning themselves with, with orc ears still had that inherently elvish artistic um, creations about them. So if this was made by those people, it was made by someone who clearly didn't care, didn't really belong to that tribe. The other things that you notice about it, it's definitely, at as you look at the point, the arrowhead, there is what appears to be a slight nick in one of the sides near the front of the point. And as you kind of flip it over, just right around where the nick is, there is a small blood stain. It appears that this was actually used, and whoever was responsible for cleaning it off did a very good job, but you rolled a 20. So <laughs> uh, so the the little bit of blood that remains on the arrow would indicate to you that this is definitely, if not the arrow, one just like it that was used for something, especially given the nick arrowhead. The last thing that... Notice, the last thing you notice on the 
hilt on the actual shaft of the arrow, there are uh, stylistic markings that are very dark. Um, dark as in Syric, they remind you of Syric, some of the imagery that you've seen around some of the Syric's other things. Wavy lines with pointed ends. Um, yeah, clearly. Uh, there's no there's no sunburst of Syric. There's no, uh, nothing says this arrow belongs to Syric or anything like that, but there are certainly, with that high of a roll, there are certainly indicators that match the style of some of the things that you've seen. Barrett will let everyone know that he's going to sit down over here and start ritually casting Detect Magic. So I'll be back with you in about 10 minutes. Copy that. Okay. Other than that, Eliana, the, uh, the arrowhead is stone. It's a very shiny black stone. The shaft is uh, just wood and the fletching is made of some sort of bird of prey feathers, but very scraggly looking. And that's... Yeah, it just sits there on the pedestal. Sorry, go ahead, Z. Oh. Uh, Z would like to go and uh, take a look at the statue, see who those people are. Okay. Any writing or symbology or any of that. Sure. I'll go the with last, that. Uh, the last thing, Eliana, you notice as you put the arrow down is that there's just a really small inscription right on the end, edge of the pedestal, and it says, never again. All right, Z and Dawn, over to investigate. Starting with the statue in the north, the these four statues are each very different. They definitely depict four different people. And I'm going to need, well, let's tell you what they all say first. Uh, the first statue in the north is a human, very tall, very heavy set man with a long beard, long hair. Both his beard and his hair have small braids running through them, and he's holding a tall staff in one hand. Uh, it's forward of the statue as if he's casting a spell of some kind. It's clearly a wizard or a magic user of some kind. And there's a plaque on the base of the statue that reads, there once was a wizard who wanted power beyond all mortal reach. Such stories always end poorly. But luckily for the wizard, the Lady of Mysteries took a shine to him and became his queen. She granted him powers, such powers, until he was no longer a mere wizard, but a god in truth, a god dedicated to his lady and all who wore her crown. And then it says, Azuth telling his story. This is a statue of a minor god named Azuth. I'm sorry, named what? Azuth, A-Z-U-T-H. Might Z know anything more about that through lore and story? You can certainly <laughs> roll either a religion or a history check, Z. I think religion, that would be a 21. Ooh, then Z absolutely would know a little bit more about Azuth. Uh, Z, you would know that this is a lesser god who originally was indeed a wizard who went on a power trip of sorts. Uh, he was a, originally a servant of Mistra and worshipped all manner of arcane, uh, anything magical, essentially. He started down a pretty rough path of trying to gather power beneath him and gather it quickly. And eventually, Mistra was able to prove to him that this was not the correct path. And he eventually turned back to her and became a dedicated follower of Mistra while still continuing to amass power, which she eventually allowed him to become um, kind of a demigod, I suppose. But he was, after his uh, after his transformation and his realization, he was ever faithful from there. 
and never swayed from her followings or teachings. He is often considered a folk tale of the dangers of power and how amassing power can can go wrong. I know a little bit about this guy. Here's the story. So I share a little bit of that kind of a warning of the power trip. Why does that not sound like a story warning of a power trip? Because in the end, you still amassed power and became a demigod. Uh, he mm-hmm. became a demigod because of his devo- devotion to Mistra, not... Oh, not like um, Mistra did it, not his amassing of good power right. or whichever. Um, mm-hmm. the, the rumor is they actually ended up having an affair and he was one of her lovers. But nonetheless, he ended up uh, being a representation of the good side of magic and a cautionary tale about amassing too much power. Oh, all right. So next on the list is one south. Um, this statue is of a woman. She's somewhat shorter than all of the other statues. She's got really long flowing hair. She's carrying a bow um, with arrows on her back. She's dressed in leathers and there's some unicorn symbology woven into the ivy and plants around her. Um, the carving beneath her says, the wood is a place of giving, not taking. Though we may hunt and consume creatures we find there, it is those creatures who are giving to us. Excuse me. Taking from the wood is evil and corrupt and will leave man with an empty heart and an empty belly. And that one is attributed to Miliki. M-I-E-L-I-K-K-I. Hawaiian. Excellent. <laughs> Not Hawaiian, but because Hawaii doesn't exist here. <laughs> well, you know. Uh, actually, can Ellie roll uh, to see if she knows more about Absolutely. that? If it's God been 10 God. minutes, Barrett will step over and give her a little tap for blessing. Uh, I'm okay. going to go at this point. Okay. You said no? Correct. Okay. Um, man, these dice have been waiting to be rolled for months, apparently. That's really? an 18. Nice. Not a critical, but uh, still high. Yeah, and uh, oddly enough, Eliana, this would, be, this would be, certainly be a minor goddess that you would be aware of, probably just from growing up you would have heard about her she is a um the goddess of autumn rangers the hunt um druids often worship her druids and rangers and she's known as the in the the tales that you have heard she somewhat reflects the balance of nature that taking from nature for the purpose of eating and things like that are good and and to be done um, with responsible goals and taking from nature just to take for trophies and the sake of killing obviously ends badly. And she, <clears throat> excuse me, she is one of the gods that, that very clearly have reveals herself to her followers and has actually walked among them several times, but it doesn't, it's, it's uh, very sequestered it's her and one follower. So there are a lot of tales of I ran into her, I met her, things like that. <clears throat> um, she's considered kind of the patron of unicorns, but her her moral her moral teaching or or the the thing that stands out for her is that that hunting and being a part of hunting is being part of nature. Trophy gathering is not. Another abuse of power reference, maybe. Most likely, nature. Nope, trophy hunting is against me. Who's going to look at the third one? I will. All right. History or religion, neither. Whichever yeah. you. 
Let's do religion. And it's been so long, I can't remember. I'm a fire. My goodness. Call myself a cleric. Are you? Well. There we go. Uh, 22. Ooh, okay. Getting so five rolls today. This mm-hmm. third statue is a very lanky man, tall, uh, standing bolt upright. His hands are joined in front of his chest around the hilt of a downward pointed sword, like so. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a very long sword. And his robes and their sleeves are long enough to hang straight down, nearly reaching the floor. His face is very stern, but not malicious, not in, a, in an evil sort of way, just a very stern way. And he's got a short beard, trimmed mustache into a goatee. The plaque in front of this statue reads, death is part, but part of life. Fear it not, evade it not, and view it not as evil. To fear death delivers you into the hands of those who can bring death down upon you. Die with dignity, neither raging nor seeking to embrace undeath. Do honor to the dead for their strivings in life brought Faerun to where it is now. And to forget them is to forget also where we are now and why. And this is Kelimvor and a charge to his um, his following. Mm-hmm. Sorry, uh, can you spell the name? Uh, K-E-L-E-M-V-O-R. Okay. And Don, with, with a, another role like that, you would know mm-hmm. that Kelimvor... Yes, of course, talks a lot about the the evils of undead, but he was much more concerned with the fact that those things are evil because they are out of balance with what's supposed to happen with the circle of life. And they did not, uh, it's not so much that they are bad inherently is that they disturb that balance, the the intended cycle of life and death. He often is the god of paladins, um, who seek to basically clear the world of anything that keeps that balance off kilter. Uh, he is considered now the god of death and the god of the dead, uh, or one of those gods. Another one of those gods, notably, was Siric. Um, But he obviously promoted death as just being part of the natural circle of, of life. And while he was stern and very firm-handed, he was very much considered um, uh, respectable and and right in his sternness, considering the evil that he fought against. Mm-hmm. So I would relay all that, and I would approach the fourth statue, but I would tell the group, I don't know if this is so much about the acquisition of power as it is a reminder of balance. All of these deities remind us to keep things balanced and not to disrupt that. Agreed. I didn't say before, but I would also relay the information I knew about uh, Maliki, you all as well. well. Almost like they're keeping an eye on it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Who's looking at the last? Oh, I'll approach it if no one else does. Yeah. So the the last one, last obviously meaning furthest south, is a very handsome young man compared to the other the ages of the other statues. This one appears to be very young, uh, probably early twenties, late twenties, maybe. He's got short hair. It's back, uh, with a band across his forehead, just a very simple band. His hair is flowy locks, but but kept short. There's no length to it. All of his clothing appears very finely made. It um, Almost that of a noble. It, he's got a very long cape that's forever in stone, blowing in the wind. At his right hip, he has a mace attached with just a small loop, and even his boots seem finely made functional but finely made and the 
plaque in front of his statue reads, Offer prayers to Lathander, and his light will shield thee as it guides those from darkness. His light will hold thee as it repels those who carry evil in their hearts. His light will warm thee as it burns those who walk after. And that is Lathander. If you want to roll history or religion. Oh, uh, never mind. No, no. You want to roll it? Can we can we assist in in history or religion or whatever? Oh, you can both roll if if that's what you like oh, to do. Okay. Mm-hmm. Did you say uh, Lathander or Nathander? Lathander. L A T H A N D E R. Got it. Uh, I did a religion check on natural twenty. Jeez. These rolls are crazy. Good, so so when combat kicks in, we're all gonna roll like two. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that happens. So, uh, so Lathander was uh, also considered or also called the Morning Lord. He was the deity of creativity, dawn, renewal, vitality, youth, everything about everything that is good about life. He was also not a fan of undead or the the lack of balance between life and death where, um, <clears throat> excuse me, where you looked a moment ago on Kelimvor, kind of representing the end of death. Um, Lathander is more the beginning of life in, in that whole circle. And Lathander really represents the joy that's in life. He's often depicted with babies, um, enjoying being around babies, that sort of thing. And he, he's just considered a, a very neutral but uh, positive presence in the world. And his, um, he's often considered with nature, um, walking in, in open valleys, that sort of thing, but a very positive uh, deity of sorts. And after looking at all of those, um, Barrett, with your perception, as you finish your detect magic spell, yep, you yep. glance up and you notice that there is a uh, beneath the, the the table kind of hides it. There's a carving on the side of Dreslin's tomb, and it reads in short. In common? Yes, it's in common. Okay. Uh, it, ha- it says, doo, 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 doo. Dreslin Nandar, loving husband, brave hunter, accomplished scholar, died 16 Kythorn 1491. That's it. So now Barrett will stand up, and kind of take a short lap around the room looking for anything that's lighting up with magic. The torches, of course, and the candles all light up with magic. Obviously, all the magic items and weapons that you all have on your body are lit up with magic. And there is a glow from the southernmost sarcophagus. So what do we know? So I'll, I'll relay that to everyone, that there's a glow from the southernmost sarcophagus. What, what do we know about these sarcophaguses? We we believe there's only one of them that holds his aunt, right? And the others we think are empty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're looking in the we're looking in the box. No, just reading around the box to see if mm-hmm. you know there are plaques mm-hmm. and labels like there's a dead person yeah. here. On that fifth one you're looking for? Well, all yeah. of them, but yeah. So the rest of them all have a plaque area, but it's completely blank. There's nothing written on any of them. Except for the last one, the southernmost one, which reads Drana Fillin Song, D R A E N A, Fillin Song, F I L L E N S O N G. Beloved Aunt, born 1215, died 29 Tarsak, T A R S A K, which is a month, 1385. And that's all it says. 1215 to 1385? That's what it says. Hmm. 
What do you make of that, Dawn? She was old. (laughs) If she was a human. A hundred and seventy years. But then again, Elminster. Barrett, can you roll a history check? Who? Barrett. Barrett. Barrett, roll a history check. Okay. Barrett rolled a 13. Uh, You would recognize that date as the the actual date that began the spell plague. Good. I will relay that to the group. The date as in the 29th of Tarsak? Correct. Is that 29th of Tarsak, 1385? Correct. She wasn't buried here during that time. She was buried somewhere else, and then he brought her here. We just know she was from the north. Yeah, no, I'm confirming that. Mm -hmm. Well, when the spell plague happened, it happened everywhere, so... Whether she was north, south, whatever, I don't know that that, uh, that that ties to anything, but yeah, that's interesting. Could I do an investigation check to see if anything about the sarcophagus on the outside looks different from the other four? Like there's something more ornamental about it or it's different craftsmanship? Sure, yep. Um, would it be cool to do passive active flip for a flat 20? Whatever you'd like to do, yep, your choice. That means. Okay. The so you're investigating the two on the south, I would assume, just because you're closest mm-hmm. to, to compare. The the southernmost one with the ant in it is very clearly sealed. There's you can see there is a seam where the lid joins to the bottom of the sarcophagus, and there is a seal all the way around that of some sort of chinking, probably some sort of clay material, essentially just keeping it sealed shut. The one to the north does not have that. If you were to, um, well, that's all you can get just visually inspecting them. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I would say to the group, well, that one very obviously has been sealed shut and none of these have, or at least this one. So we can surmise and base Barrett on the fact that you're sensing magic coming from within it that there is someone or something in this one. Remind me what kind of magic is coming from it? Uh, necromancy. Oh, great. Yeah, that's, uh, Barrett would definitely have relayed that. <laughs> and there's nothing coming from Dreslin's? Uh, there doesn't appear to be anything coming from his, no. Not at all. Could I mosey over to his and see if there's a matching seal? Sure. Um, I will not. There's no point in rolling an investigation check because you're checking for the same thing. There is a seal. It definitely does not match. And it is hastily or poorly installed. There okay. are bits of it missing. It's not the same material that the other one. In fact, this one appears to be much, much darker. Um, the texture of it is very is varied. So it's got bits of stone and grit in it. Roll an investigation check. Yeah, roll an investigation check. Okay. Uh, 17. Yeah, so the stone or the whatever this is that's that's sealing this one really appears to be very similar make of stone and gravel and dirt as the floor and some of the walls in here. It does not appear to be made for this purpose. And you, I mean, you can see bits where bits have fallen out of of the seal. Um, I would relay all that. And Barrett, you said there was nothing coming from this one. No magic. Right. There's nothing coming from over here other than from these candles. Um, and I assume that includes the arrow, nothing from the arrow. Nothing from the arrow, correct. Okay. Um, making sure to also relay the information that um, I picked up from the arrows to the rest of you guys. Um, 
are the markings on the hilt or the what's it the shaft or the hilt of the arrow um are there any similar markings elsewhere like on the sealed tomb or on dreslin's tomb no absolutely not kelly are those characters a language can you read them it doesn't appear to be a language of any kind it's just mostly similar style to what you've seen and some of the things that you've seen decorated Mm -hmm. Stuff. But the inscription on this pedestal says never again, and that is in common. And it seems very out of place for all of the things we've heard Dreslin say before, but maybe also in tune with what, you know, I point at the statues, what these guys are saying, like maybe never to rise again. I don't know. That just I, seems I didn't really take it that way aggressive. As- yeah, I didn't take it that way that it was about him rising as much as never again should we have the kind of conflict mm-hmm. or misunderstanding that would lead to oh, someone accidentally being that. that that's how I took it. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe that was just an assumption. Maybe I'm projecting, but well, the thing that doesn't track here is that this el- this arrow is not of elven made and it was supposedly in the middle of the elven wars with, you know, the wood elves. Right. So I mean, I, I've always had my suspicions that this was not an accident. Mm-hmm. And I'm, yeah. I completely agree with you. I also think that it's very strange that this seal that Don showed us is of such poor quality when the rest of this vault is simple, but clearly high quality. I mean, you would think that the seal that they would use for the sarcophagus would be like what we have over here for Aunt Drena, that it's, it would have been. It would have been a good quality seal, right? When have we ever seen the Nanders skimp on anything? So the fact that this is uh, a poor quality, crumbly seal makes me think this is that that this has either been opened and somebody hastily tried to slap some mortar back in there, mm-hmm. um, or or it was never sealed well in the first place. But I again, I just can't believe that that would be the case. Why go to all the trouble of magic torches and beautiful statues and all of this, and then you're just slapping some random mud in place? get the impression, as Barrett is saying all that, those of you who are near it, uh, it could very easily, the lid could very easily be lifted off. Mm -hmm. Whereas the ants seems sealed. Barrett, the fact... Oh, sorry, Ellie. No, go for it first. Just the fact alone that the grout on Dreslin's tomb matches the interior of the tomb tells me it was added after and hastily and badly. Right. By someone who's not a craftsman, who who doesn't do stonework, who doesn't do this type of work. But it also makes me wonder if there's anything that we're missing along these walls. So I've walked around with my detect magic, which I'm assuming is still up for another minute or two. But Z, do you want to join me as I look at all these walls and look sure. for any secret doors or... Sure. Let's stay, definitely take a look at the corner where the arrow is pointing, just for less. Definitely. All well, right. Let's scan so, the whole thing. Why not? Uh, yeah. So Z and I will do an investigation, and I'll murmur a small prayer as I do that. And so my investigation roll, 17 total. And you looking, are... Looking at the walls and the ceiling and the floors for anything secretive. Did you roll with advantage? I did roll with advantage, because okay. I see he was helping. Mm-hmm. So you do notice uh, in the the northeastern or the the top the further hmm, the furthest most north <laughs> casket there is a small amount of dirt just outside of it on the floor and it's 
it doesn't match the dust and the dirt from in this room. It's much more soil-like than than stony and gravelly. Um, it is dry. It appears to have been there for a while, but it's a pretty good little pile of dirt near that one. And you said that was in the corner or by the statue? Uh, it's by the, the sarcophagus, the top. Oh, by the northern sarcophagus. Okay, so I will definitely point that out to everyone. Does that cobweb in the corner look real and recent or old? It or does. Look it looks like it belongs there. <laughs> and is uh, it old? Dirt, if you were to if you were to take a guess, it would. It's almost as if the dirt fell out of that sarcophagus based on where it's positioned. Ooh. Would you but like the lid is closed, oh. just not steel sealed. That is correct. Okay. Sorry, I missed that. Well, out. Let's go ahead. Oh, well, I was gonna say if I could like check the dirt, confirm that it's like. I don't know, been in a box for a long time, or how long it hasn't been in the box. Ah. You can roll a nature check. What's the oxygenation of the soil? Yeah, you know. Yeah, that's a whole other game. <laughs> <laughs> and the pH balance? Uh, 14. I would say, Ellie, it, you would recognize this as um, as earth, not not part of gravel or a stone floor or dirt of any kind. This would be as if you were digging in a garden kind of earth. And it's probably been here for a bit. It's not as if it, it landed here yesterday. There's no moisture about it or anything like that. It's just kind of dried, crusty earth. Okay. So this definitely came from, well, it's not part of anything around here. It might be inside here. Uh, is that sarcophagus also looking like Dreslin's where you could just pop it open? It's not sealed. It's not sealed at all. It's not sealed? It has no seal. And in fact, as you inspect that, you notice that the lid is just slightly askew. Go ahead and pop the top. Um, you know what? I'm going to give it a go. <laughs> By myself. You're going to lift the lid? Yeah. Oh, see, we'll oh. help you with that. It's, it's heavy. Uh, yeah. you know, I'm just testing out my strength for a second. Okay. Let, me, let, me, yeah. let me see what happens. Go for it. <laughs> that's, a, that's an 11. Yeah, it's really heavy. You should definitely get somebody to help you. <laughs> okay. And then Somebody I, I with a crowbar. Up. I roll advantage right here. Let's see, okay, so that's that's a fourteen. Okay, uh, with Z's help, it, it you're not going to lift it, but you can certainly slide it if that's what you'd like to do. It's it's really heavy. It's an a, entire stone tablet. So, are you sliding it? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Z, Z and Ellie are sliding it off or right. a little out of the we'll way. Have to see. Yeah. Enough as to as you're doing that, um, what is everybody else doing? Don, where are you? Um, if they're moving it, I'll move closer so that I have radiant magic within range. But I would like to be watching Dreslin's and the ants sarcophagi to see if anything happens when this one's jimmied with. Fair enough. Uh, as you slide this open, I'll, I'll just say you get it open maybe about two or three inches. And there's enough light in here that you can see into the at least the first third of, of the bottom of this casket. The first thing you notice, though, before you even see anything, is a draft of very cool air hits you in the face. And as you slide the lid open just a little bit further, there appears to be no bottom to this particular sarcophagus. It goes downward further into the earth. Uh, it looks like you have uncovered a tunnel of some sort. Oh. There's a hole in my casket, dear Liza. Um, no. As they are... That's your episode title right there. <laughs> not going to get any better than that. Nice. Uh, There's a hole in the casket, dear Liza. Dear Liza. I, 
<clears throat> how about we float the poi down? How far down does it go? Uh, it's hard to tell. You've only got the casket open about three inches at this point, so it's there's just not much detail available to you. Hey, there's um, a hole. Maybe we should slide it over. It goes pretty deep. If if uh, okay, I, I I could I could ask Rascal to go down with the poi. You could, Don. While all of this is happening, you are keeping a close eye on Dreslin's tomb and the ant's tomb, and just on the surface of the ant's tomb. Roll a perception check, real quick. Or, or do your passive is fine. Can I do that and get a 19? Absolutely, yeah. Uh, <laughs> just on the surface of the casket, um, there's a very blue shimmer just above the, the slab, the stone slab. Mm -hmm. It's very faint. It covers probably three-fourths of the slab. And it, it almost as if, as if it came up through the slab, the blue shimmer. Does it remain? It, just, just, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, yeah. Does it remind me or look similar to when, way back, when we were watching, when Z came back off of Zord's ship, I saw two sailors shimmer with some sort of spell, or is this, does it look like this was some sort of ward lifting up through? Yeah, much more that. Almost pure. It looks, from here, it looks very ethereal, and it mm -hmm. is getting thicker. Oh, it's like actively. Yep. Okay, so, and this is continuing even after the lid has stopped moving on the other one. That is correct. Okay, mm -hmm. so I would say, am I the only one seeing this? There seems to be some shimmer coming out of this sarcophagus. It is look. Very And from the side angle, you start, you're pretty sure, maybe? I mean, you're, you're quite a distance away, but it, it's starting to look very humanoid. Still very- A little humanoid to me. Humanoid oh. Is there like a person just slowly cranking up to 90? <laughs> this is yeah, Dreslin forming. Like. That's pretty much what it looks like. So I think at this point, you uh, as Don says that and you all turn, there is a shriek through the room and it is a woman's voice. And she says, never again. She screams and I need everybody to roll initiative. Oh, here we go. Hey, yay. Oh, look at that. Cleverly hidden. <laughs> hey, mom, dice. I think I used up all the 20s from my last game. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, I totally 16. Did. All right. So hold on one here. One second. Don, 16? Yes. Barrett? 24 on a natural 20. Wow. Nice. Ellie? Three on a natural Yeah, wasted one. on initiative. <laughs> on initiative where we don't want to attack right away. So that was a complete waste of initiative. Well, not necessarily. Eight. She might be attacking us. Um, that. Um, fine. So as this happens, the, the ethereal spirit that seems to be rising out of the tomb here comes to a sitting position and turns over at all of you and begins just floating in your direction, Dawn. Barrett, um, at this point, you have all seen this, and you've seen this ethereal, ghostly figure come essentially out of the coffin towards, and start moving toward you. Barrett, what would you like to do? Conflict. Okay, seeing that everyone has seen this threat, um, and is going to be preparing something, whatever it is they appropriately want to prepare, Barrett will use his 50 feet of movement on yeah, he can easily do that. Um, he's going to move to this corner, I mean, to this space so that we're not all bunched up. 
uh, and is going to hold his action, uh, which will be an attack if he is attacked or one of his comrades is attacked. And he will say, sorry to disturb you. We mean no harm. We were told we could come down here. And I guess that's it. All right. Very well. Uh, Don, that will bring us to you. Okay. So Barrett. All right. So the first thing I would like to do is cast Bless on Eliana, Z, and Barrett. So you guys now for the next minute, unless I drop concentration, can add a D4 to any attack or saving throw. Um, so that'll be my action. And this is round one. And then I will draw my mace and move in front of Ellie. So I will be immediately to the left of that sec that second sarcophagus. Yeah, that's good. And I'm not going to say anything because Barrett is clearly trying to distract. So that is my turn. Makes sense to me. Ellie, what would you like to do? Uh, I think Z's next. Or maybe You're right. Z's next. Yep. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, Z is going to pop up onto the middle sarcophagus. Love that. Anything and, else? Uh, and finger his whip. All right. Eliana. Waiting. Yeah. Uh, uh, Dawn beat me to it, but uh, she will, I will cast less as well on Dawn and okay. Rascal. Um, and then with my bonus action, I will make Rascal, I believe it's a bonus action. Sorry, hold on. Let me double check. Boop, 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 boop. Yes. With a bonus action, I will. Uh, actually, I want to check this with you, Damon. Um, turning Rascal invisible, is that concentration like the spell, or is it not? It's it's an innate power of his, not yours. Sweet. Rascal gets to be invisible then. Except he doesn't. Why? Because <laughs> Barrett still has the lantern lit. I didn't, I, I never. Oh, how far is the distance? 60? Uh, 30 feet, so. Uh, yeah, he's outside of that. Okay, he's invisible. He's just <laughs> okay. outside of the range of that. I, just I didn't his whiskers. say it, but Barrett would probably, no, I didn't say it. Never mind. He's got a staff in one hand and the lantern in the other. Okay, go ahead. Okay, yeah, well, yeah, he will, he will be basically floating in the same spot where he is, invisible. And Ellie is uh, going to just move over just a little bit. So if there's any swinging that happens, I don't hit Don in the back of the head. Awesome. Okay. So then it will be our uh, ghostly visages turn. And as she kind of stands out, yes, sorry. Very cool question. I forgot that it's a declaration rule. Can I declare that I'm giving Ellie cover? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Fair enough. You would have to step in front of her, but there we go. Uh, she stands, floats, <laughs> for lack of any better term, right near, right, right where she is, near the corner of her sarcophagus, and she kind of raises her arm out to the side and looks over at each of you and then lets out a horrendous scream. I need everybody to make a wisdom saving throw, please. My favorite. Everybody phrase. remember you have a D4 oh, to no. that. Oh, yeah. no. <laughs> Oh, no, 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 no. Um, is it it's a charm effect? Dice. It is not. Okay. Thank goodness for the D4. All right, I may need to switch dice. Barrett? Mm. 14. You are frightened. Okay. Don? 21. You are fine. Z? Uh, 10. You are also frightened. Scaredy cat. The scaredy cat. <laughs> Terrible. Why did I roll? Um, Ellie? Nine for me. Also and a four 
for Rascal. We're for Rascal. Great. He is also frightened. Good Lord. All right. So three, four of you uh, are frightened. And what that will mean is that on your turn, you may only use the dash actions to move as far away from her spirit as you possibly can, taking the safest route available at the start of your turn. At the end of your turn, you can repeat the saving throw. Um, the This condition lasts one minute. And additionally, as she lets out this blood-curdling scream that scares most of you, there is a shudder in the room. And darn, uh, you notice that the ceiling above you is not quite as stable as one would hope. And we have um, a number of rocks that fall from the ceiling, fairly substantially sized rocks. But unfortunately, none of them targeted you, which is, and there they are. Uh, her voice. Even though we're underground and earlier you noticed that echoes and sounds were kind of muffled, her voice is not as it echoes off of the chamber and all of the walls. She continues, her scream turns into words and she says, this will never happen again. From there you watch as she goes over here and essentially vanishes into this statue, Roger. And... Yep, that will end her turn, bringing us back around, I believe, to Barry. All right, so I have one, well, when she vanished into the statue, since we can no longer see her, does that end the frightened condition? No. Okay, just checking. Um, I am going to use an ability that I have not used before, um, and there it is. Okay. So you said the, and, and I've gone and looked at this on the internet and I can't find a definitive answer. So you're going to have to give a definitive answer for our um, thing. But I have a monk ability called stillness of mind. And it says you can use an action to end one effect on yourself that is causing you to be charmed or frightened. Yep. So I, but by being frightened, I can quote only move away oh. at dash speed. So, but I would assume that otherwise there's no reason to have this ability if I really can't do it. So. Right. So I will use the action to still my mind. Um, so hopefully that removes the frightened from me. Does indeed. And then I will, what will I do now that I've done that? Um, I guess I'm going to run over here so that if this statue comes to life or is enchanted or whatever, that it's going to have to go through either me or Z to get to my frightened friends. And I will, so that was my action. Um, and for a bonus action, I will use a key point to do patient defense. Cool. All right. Okay. That's it. Well done. Uh, that, let's see, that will bring us to Dawn. Okay. So she goes into the statue. Yeah. And there's, there's the only thing you can see that is a, even a remnant of her is a, a shimmer as if that whole statue is now um surrounded in a, a blue ethereal light but it's very very faint okay um in that case i will put my mace back on my belt but i'll reach behind me to touch ellie and cast lesser restoration i think i can unfrighten i can't wait i can't it says the condition can be blind to death and paralyzed or poisoned never mind sorry ellie i don't do that wait actually question about that i've used it to wake her up before when she fell asleep from that plant on the roaming aisle yes. so if sleeping you know what this will be an experimentation in clerical spells i will attempt to see if this ends the frightened condition so 
I'll try it and see if it works, but I will cast the spell regardless and use up that slot. And it's lesser yes. that you're casting? And then that is a spell spell, so no bonus action. Um, that will be my turn. Fair enough. Read that book. I am going to say, unfortunately, that um, you cast lesser restoration, but unfortunately, no, it does not seem to remove frightened. Good to know. Don makes a mental note. Uh, which brings us back over here. Actually, well, yeah, let's do this. So we will go uh, oh. Z. Unfortunately, you are frightened, my friend. Well, Z's got a similar thing to uh, Barrett in that he has a counter charm ability with his drum, but if he's frightened, can he use it? That is a good question. Uh, no, 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 no. Uh, yes. The, the whole point of, of that ability is to be able to do something about the uh, then he will start drumming. All right, that is the And he will do that for this turn and the next turn, and that gives uh, any friendly creature within 30 feet uh, advantage on saving throw against being frightened or charmed. Perfect. He will Boom. Boom. Um, let's do... Oh, no, that's down there. Okay, so Ellie, that brings us to your turn. Um, these things... Uh, you will have to take your action first. Well, okay. I will... Uh... Normally, when frightened, you move away from the creature. So, Dash. if I know that the last place the creature was was this general direction, I would just where move here. I don't know. Yep. Yep. That's reasonable. <laughs> what is it? 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30. It's your full behind. I'll hide behind this rock. It's the dash action. So, it's 60. Oh, well, I can't go any further than that unless it's yep. like perfect. Yeah. Nope. Perfect. <laughs> And then Rascal will probably the same since his turn is after mine anyways. Agreed. And 15, 20, 25, 30, 25, 40, 45. He's just going to hang out with me behind this rock. Fair enough. We're hiding. All right. And both of you get to uh, now make a saving throw against being frightened with advantage. Thanks to Z. Okay. So we both with advantage. Correct. You also get to add the D4. Z's oh, great. Well, make, make I got the nat 20. Nice. So 21 <laughs> with the D4. And then Rascal, he got, oh, with D4 as well, because blessed. Oh, he got an unnatural 20. So that right. worked out. All right. So um, once again, that stupid frightened condition does absolutely nothing on my side, as usual. Um, and that ends your turn, Eliana, unfortunately. A oh, question. Did Z not make his saving throw at the end of his turn? No, because his, his drumming took care of it. Mm, okay. it, it cures his for himself. It's going to be oh, a cure. okay. Gotcha. Never mind. Um, we will move then to yeah. Everybody kind of takes a breath and holds it just for a moment, just to see what's going to happen next. And the statue of Lathander does indeed animate, and as it comes to life, it moves forward, um, basically stepping down off of its pedestal. And it heads 25 feet toward the nearest target, 5, 10, 15, 20, which would be Barrett here. And Barrett, he is going to make a slam attack against you. At disadvantage because of patient defense. Indeed. His first one will be disadvantage. Uh, I think it's all, actually. Oh. Let, me, let me look. Doesn't matter. All four of them were under 10. So <laughs> okay. none of them would Well, have I should been. look anyway, just so I know. So uh, as you stand, the the fists of this young um, 
healthy, attractive looking god come pounding toward you one after the other. And with your patient defense ability, you're able to just dodge right and left, missing both of those smashes. And I definitely I, see this as Neo in the Matrix, just <laughs> swatting <laughs> away the hands. And by the way, it's really just the dodge action, but I can take it on my bonus action. And it says, until the start of your next turn, any attack rolled made against you has disadvantage if you can see the attacker, blah, blah, blah. So I think it, it stays the whole time. That's cool. That's the first time I've ever used that. That's, That's a good funny. thing. <laughs> so That's what I think we'll do is, as we come back to the top of the round, Barrett, it will be your turn. And it is now 8 o'clock, so let's take a break. And then, because I, I don't think this is going to finish quickly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing we got four more to go. <laughs> Three more to go. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. Sounds good to me. All right, we'll be back. I'll grab myself a drink. I think we are back, and this is where we were. And Barrett, yeah. it is your turn, sir. All right. What would you like to Barrett, do? Barrett will set the lantern down as a free <laughs> action. Okay. And then he's going to start whacking. All right. So here we go. First attack as a 27 to hit. And what, what attack are you making? Uh, I am making a, oh, actually I clicked the wrong thing. I clicked unarmed strike, but I meant to click uh, my staff of striking. Okay. Uh, 27 absolutely hits, yes. Roll. Okay. Um, and that is 10 points of bludgeoning, and I will use two of the charges to do some additional. So that's 10 points of magical or magical bludgeoning plus six points of force damage on the first one. All right. Second one, if he's still up, which he I is. assume he is, yes. um, is a 14 to hit? Uh, unfortunately, that does not hit. So you are able to absolutely hit him. He's a great big statue standing in front of you, but you, yeah. you feel that, that that particular strike just does nothing and just kind of right. bounces then off I'll, his I'll go for an a unarmed strike, a big kick, uh, 16 to hit. Unfortunately, uh, you make contact, but you can feel the pain just kind of reverberate back through your foot. Uh, wow. He's a pretty solid, pretty solid creature. Okay. Um, then I will use my... No, you know what? I'm just going to stay there. I'm good. Okay. That was a lackluster round. Don, that brings us to your turn. Uh, do you mind nudging the map down so I can see the bottom sarcophagus? Uh, am I within 30 feet? Five, ten, fifty. Okay. Um, I would like to use the disengage action to run all the way down my 30 feet to get as close to the bottom sarcophagus as possible that she came out of. If someone could move me, that'd be great. One here. Oh, sorry, Dave. That's all good. Um, and I'm going to hold there. So that was my action. And then, and as, as Don is running past, he's thinking, I want to know how to do that. <laughs> so <laughs> as my bonus action... I will cast Spiritual Weapon at the first level. So let me go ahead and mark that off. I better go find your Spiritual Weapon. I'm sorry. I haven't used him in a while. No, it's just hanging out over here somewhere, I think. Just chilling. Uh, um, and I will summon that to be to the left of the Lathander statue. And I will I'll work to punch <clears throat> Lathander in the head. Why not? You hit Elminster, you might as well hit Lathander too. Exactly. <clears throat> Uh, natural 20. Oh, yeah. absolutely hits. Cool. And I can't remember, did we designate that's an action to do the divine strike? Because it is a melee attack. Wait, did we, did we count? 
spiritual spirit, that words spiritual weapon as a weapon attack correct yes mm -hmm. okay so i will use my divine strike to add an additional 1d8 radiant but for the moment spiritual weapon is going to be 1d8 plus four okay so six bludgeoning before the double force force damage pardon me so what did you roll I accidentally rolled a second time. Uh, it's a six total. So two plus four um, for the uh, force damage. And then for the radiant, wow, that's a one. But the radiant damage is not double, just the two, four. So it did eight force and one additional radiant damage. Why would you say that the radiant damage is not double? Because it's an added feature. It's not part of the initial attack roll. It's not part of the damage die for a spiritual weapon. Fair enough. Because um, don't we only double the die and then add the modifiers? Yes, that's correct. Okay. Uh, so it was a nine total? Nine total, yeah. Well, that's a sh But nonetheless, a spiritual weapon appears just to the left of the statue and just kind of right in his head. And um, yeah, does a little damage. Fantastic. Anything else on your turn? I think you've covered just about everything. Could I? Uh, didn't we say as a free action we could do combat a perception check at disadvantage? Correct. So do that. Sure. What are you per trying to perceive? To see if there's any change in the seal of the sarcophagus, to see if there's any change in that specifically. Got it. Um, so at disadvantage, that's going to be a 10. Uh, so from this distance, quick glance, you don't notice any change. Good enough. That is my turn. All right. Fair enough. That will bring us then to Z. Uh, Z is dedicated to drumming this counter charm through this turn. Oh, that's right. You said that. I'm sorry. Thank yep. you. Boink. Uh, but he'll he'll definitely make some moves up there while he's doing it. All right. Very good. <laughs> dance moves. Eliana, what would you like to do? Uh, I will use my movement. Run, 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 run to this rock. <laughs> okay. And hide behind there. Um, so the rock, just so you know, the rock uh -huh. is probably about three feet high. So if you wanted oh. any AC cover... You would just have to crouch down, just so you know. Okay. I will crouch, sneak out, Eldritch Blast twice towards the statue. All right. Roll your attack. Oh, wait. D4s. Yes. God, I can't pick up these dice. Okay. So, eh, I don't think any of these hit. That's a 15 to hit? Unfortunately, no. Nope. It's and, no damage. Yeah, and the other one is a 9. Yeah, same thing. They both hit. I mean, they both absolutely hit the target, but they just do no damage. Yeah. Fade away. Um, and then uh, on my bonus action, I will have Rascal fire his little arrows. Do, do. just the one. God, they made these dice so difficult to pick up. Well, he did a little better than I did. Uh, that's a 21 to hit. That hits. Okay, four plus. Yeah. Oh, it's even more. That was a 25 to hit. Uh, that's uh, six, uh, six magical piercing damage. Right. So that first arrow flies, and you can see it just hits right where the spiritual weapon hit the side of the head of the, the statue and just knocks off a tiny chip of rock that seems to make a difference. Okay. Uh, I think that's, I mean, he can only shoot one arrow. That is but true. He will, he will uh, fly around. He's got... 40, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That gives me like right here next to spiritual weapon. Okay. I was hoping to flank, but that's okay. That's what he'll, he will be visible. That's it. All right. And it is his turn. And for his turn, he will step 
um, just a little bit toward Rascal and make a two slam attacks against Rascal. To clarify, Rascal is invisible. Oh, you're right. Sorry. I'm glad you okay. clarified. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> I would never put him in danger. He, he will make that, that same attack except at um, at Barrett. And Barrett, that's going to be a, a 23. That is a hit. Okay. Um, ooh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I have that many dice. Don't you have like jars of them? That's not good. Most of them put away. You always have your dice out and available. If he has to reach around for extra dice, that's not a good thing. No. <laughs> uh, that, attack, that first attack hits you 24 points of bludgeoning damage. Okay. Um, he needs to make a dexterity saving throw, DC 17. All right. Because my Wrath of the Storm fires off when he hit me. Uh, that is a 14. All right. And he takes, ooh, nice, 12 I points. got his own port of dice to be up. It's like, it's huh? okay. <laughs> 12 points of lightning damage. Of lightning I'm sorry, 12 points of thunder damage. I'll make it thunder because he's stone. Maybe that will hurt more. Uh, good call. That's all I have to say about that. Uh, it was 12 points, you said? Yes. Poor Lithander. All right, and he goes in for his second attack against you, Barrett. Oh, natural one. Uh, the lightning just, or the thunder damage, throws his attack off, and, and as he's swinging at you to slam, you just see he's kind of thrown back by the thunder and just right in front of your face misses. Poor guy. Uh, with that, he is going to turn. Well, yeah, he's going to turn, and he is going to head toward Dawn. So that will give you an attack of opportunity, Barrett, should you choose to take it. Um, I don't think I can because my Wrath of the Storm is a reaction. Oh, that is true. You cannot. So, so sorry. he trudges off towards Dawn there, which brings us back to your turn, Barrett. Now, Barrett will step up behind him. Oops, trying to get my icon. There we go. Uh, Barrett will step up flanking, yes? Yep, that is definitely flanking. Excellent. Okay. Now we'll get some real action going here um and first shot with the staff of striking with advantage roll that is a 30 to hit that is oh good um so that's 15 sure. points of magical bludgeoning and i will dump one charge and i'll dump two charges into that for another nine points of force damage okay 24 points total 24 total points, yes. And that was the first shot. Second shot, still with advantage because he's still flanked, or how do we do that? I can't yeah, remember. Absolutely. No. Okay. Every attack. This time, not as good a 13. Um, unfortunately, no, that one does not. All right. Unarmed strike number one. That's a hit with a 27. That is indeed a hit. And damage. Come on, roll. Ah, it's a six points of magical bludgeoning. All right. He is beginning to look pretty rough. And I will stop there. All right. So your first strike hits him pretty hard. And you notice bits of bits of rock are beginning to fall from the statue. So much so that when you take that swing for the second one, there's a little less rock there to hit. Um, explaining your your miss. And he his face is completely expressionless because he's a statue, but you can see that he is definitely taking some. Um, and that will bring us to Dawn. Okay. I am going to risk an attack of opportunity, and I'm going to play Ring Around the Sarcophagus and back up 5, 10, 15. So 
the sarcophagus is in between myself and the statue. So I'll be up against between the wall and the sarcophagus. Got it. Yeah. There. Well, and then I would like to. Well, he's going to take so, first. Oh, so yeah. Let's do that first. That would be. Make sure what he. Yep. Uh, that would be a 20. That misses. Okay. You asked me. <laughs> I know. I know. So, so he reaches out to slam as you are uh, darting away and just catches the back of your armor. Um, and you hear the scratch and recognize that's going to leave a mark, but you are undamaged. So I am going to flip my mace back into my belt. Um, and I'm going to, if I could, slam my fist down on top of the sarcophagus and cast stone shape to blast the top open. <laughs> okay. But I'm specifically aiming to move the stone that is just above the seal. So I'm just affecting the stone as far as I know. Just, so you're just after the lid. Yeah, okay. See the okay. body, but yeah, just ding, boom, you know. Okay, <laughs> that, that kind works. Of a thing. I do that as my action. All right. Um, is there anything else I you'd like to- I would yell to the group, because Don doesn't know this. Does anyone know? Wait. Do magic torches burn things? Ellieber respond. Can I respond? Sure, yeah. Yes. I learned that from the librarian. <laughs> <laughs> That's my That's turn. Funny. That's funny. All right. What do I see? Uh, what do you see? Okay, so you slam down on the the slab that makes up this, this um, sarcophagus lid, and you realize a little bit about the stone as you hit it kind of comes back into you and you can kind of feel this was once a solid hunk of stone. Maybe maybe granite, maybe slate, but it's a lot sturdier than slate. So you hit it and it just basically pulverizes um, into small chunks. Inside the sarcophagus, you see very well-aged um, bones of what appears to be a child. The clothing that is that is left would be probably a dress maybe at one point uh if you were to gauge just by the height of the bones there probably 10 12 years old maybe um or or perhaps a halfling but if it's if it's humanoid or if it's a human or an elf or any of those species it's definitely that of a child um smaller than your average bear so to speak uh Around the body, there are small trinkets, um, all rotted into oblivion. There's um, what appears to be the only one that's that's really left is a stone carved swan. It's literally made out of stone, or at least from here, it appears to be made out of stone. It's very dusty, um, and it's a swan. There may be additional things in there, but that's just the first thing you see on your turn. So the, the ghost that came out was very much not a dead kid. It appeared to very much be not a dead kid. That is true. So I guess after I would have said or asked, I would have then looked in, and that is not what I was expecting. That is the end of my turn. Okay. Imagine that. Not what you're expecting. Uh, <laughs> that will take us not there. That will take us. <clears throat> Z, you, have, you are able to complete your drumming, Z. Task accomplished. No one is afraid any longer, nor is Excellent. anyone able to be frightened anymore. <clears throat> record. Those of you who either overcame the saving throw or manage to shake off the additional saving throw, you're, um, you are invulnerable to that for the rest of 24 hours. That's some good drumming. Absolutely. Uh, Z will go ahead and put that drum down on top of the sarcophagus. Okay. And uh, 
pull out uh, his rope, jump down, and tie the next two statues up with as much as he can for his turn. Interesting. All right. Um, if he can somehow put those two together clumsily, so they'll they'll be entangled somewhat to start if they come to life, or one uh, will be anchored. Roll a survival check at advantage. Seventeen. So with with the six seconds that you have darting back and forth between the statues, they are definitely too heavy for you to move, and you recognize no, that. No, no, not trying to move them. Just wrap yeah. rope around them. Yeah. Um, you, you feel pretty confident that you've done something. Okay, uh, good. The rope, is, the rope is secure around both statues. We will um, consider them grappled at this point. Anything else you'd like to do? Uh, step back. Okay. To the other side of that sarcophagus. Gotcha. <clears throat> Keeping an eye on you two. <laughs> All right. Very well. Uh, yep. Mm-hmm, yep. Mm-hmm. Ellie, it is your turn. Okay. Um, so two things have now come to light. Uh, one, this thing does pretty heavy damage. Keeping an eye on that. And two, thunder damage does help if it hits. So she's going to get up in there for once. Um, and booming blade. Nice. With a dagger. Uh, plus Tega. I just need to make sure that I'm doing this right because booming blade goes up. We're at what level are we at? Nine. So if is 2d8 upon a hit. Great. Okay. Oh, so now I just need to hit. Yeah. Oh. Uh, Don't forget your d4. 25 got me here. Can I move here for... Yes, thank you. Can I move here for flanking? I was there. Yep. yep. Yeah, that's no problem. So first dagger. Jeez. Okay, that flew. Well, that was a 19 and a 4. That's a 23. And I don't know what I got with the other one. Well, the 23 hits. I know, but if it's a nat 20, that would have been great. That was not a nat 20. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, 23 for the first dagger. Oh, God. Plus eight. I didn't even add the stuff. Uh, so, it's 1d4 plus 4 plus 2d8. It's the diamond. Okay. Um, so, that's four points of regular piercing damage, which I imagine does not much. Right. But five points of thunder damage. And on, uh, so that's five points of thunder damage currently. And if it moves, I have to roll, I think, uh, either 2d8 or 3d8. I think it's 2d8 if it moves, see how much it costs. Yeah. And then second dagger, I think this one is just regular. And that's terrible. That's, oh, that was bad. I rolled wrong thing. Uh, that's an 18 to hit. Just roll as many times as you want. It's fine. No, no, no. I, I accidentally rolled my d4. As if I was just doing damage, I hadn't rolled to hit. So I rolled to hit with advantage, 17, and then I just took the d4, which was a one to add to the blessing, so 18 total. Unfortunately, no, that does not hit. Okay, so then, yeah, second dagger does not. Um, and then, uh, hmm. Wait, I'm sorry, on... did you, backing up, did you roll that advantage? Because I'm flanking with Barrett? Yes. yes. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah. Got but it. I didn't hit. That was 18. Okay. And because I don't plan on sticking around, <laughs> I'm about to misty step bonus action out of there. So, yeah, I will boop, boop, back behind my rocks. Because, <laughs> no. Um, right. Rascal will stay where he is and does not uh, do anything this round again. I use Fair enough. Bonus action. Uh, at which point, Lathander's statue, uh, I love the, the artwork for that statue. I apologize, not my artwork. 
Um, Lathander, you watch as the Lathander statue Barrett right in front of you. You can kind of see it turn just a glance in either direction. And from the statue emerges the spirit, which travels over here toward Dawn. And Dawn, she is going to um, scream at you, leave it alone. And then she passes right through you, which is a very uncomfortable feeling and disappears here into this statue. Um, again, the, the statue, as you see her kind of plow into it, it, it almost looks like it's going to fall over because that's what should happen if two solid objects were impacting each other. But instead, she just kind of disappears into the Kelimvor statue, and it now has a very light blue shimmer to it. Do I have and to roll anything, or is that just an icky feeling? Just an icky feeling. <laughs> just enough to feel really gross. Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. Probably something I would expect Don to carry with him for at least a moment or two, given where mm -hmm. it came. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> but that is... Um, that hurts. That is just traumatic. So, Barrett, that brings us back around to you. The statue in front of you is crumbling, but appears to no longer be animated. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, do I need to make a perception check in any way to, I mean, if I'm watching her fly into the statue, do I see that the ropes are around its feet and that Z has done something or do I need to do that perception thing to see it? No, you would have seen Z wrap, wrap it in ropes. I don't know that you would know how sturdy or strong. Yeah, no, that's fine. Um, so seeing what he did and hoping that it's going to work, um, Barrett will elect to fire twice with his oh no that would make me have to never mind i'd have to switch weapons um barrett is going to be reckless and jump on top of this sarcophagi and attack twice with his staff of striking okay so uh, first, don't forget your blast just real quick switching weapons for the for almost everyone is considered free action so stowing something and drawing something dropping something and drawing something would be free. Stowing and drawing would be a bonus act. Okay. Um, no, that's fine. I'll, I'll just do this. Oh, we had get... dropping was a free action. I remember this. Dropping was a free action, but switching items is a bonus action. A bonus. That's right. Thank you. So you can draw or you can put back, but you can't do both in one turn unless it's a bonus action. So I can't just drop the staff, draw the bow. You can do that. You, you just can. can't stow your staff and draw okay. your bow. Yeah, yeah. You can drop that's your staff. Right. Yeah, you'll yeah. have to pick up your staff later on. Yeah. Um, Which could be your interact with object next turn. Right, right, right. Uh, but I'm not going to do that. I'm, the bloodlust is up. He's jumping on top of the sarcophagus, and he's taking two swings at this new statue. Okay. Um, so the first one was a 14 to uh, hit. Give me one second there, Brett. Taking a backseat. Mal is up for the firefly. I'll just roll the second attack. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> no. Uh, high DC. That's what Damon right, go ahead, Barrett. has learned. Okay, we're ready? Yep. Sorry about uh, that. I'm assuming a 14 and a 13 both miss. That is correct. Uh, well, I mean, you strike it, but it's it's stone, so. Yeah. So Barrett uh, just taps him on the shoulder twice and then does a patient defense on top of the sarcophagus. All right. Fair enough. And that's the end of my turn. <clears throat> um... God, there might be actual session where we end not finishing combat. <laughs> right? 
Oh my gosh, it's later than I thought it would be. Uh, mm -hmm. Just one second. Still have 45 minutes, right? Mm -hmm. 30? Yeah. Yep. There's no way this will take 45 minutes. We'll oh. either all die or. Ellen's just going to burn that, the remains of the child, and then that'll be that. She'll be dispelled, right. right? I don't know how these things work. I, I haven't I also let you guys know yet. Child. I don't know if Barrett needs to look in there, but. Ooh. No, I wouldn't have seen anything. Uh, I, don't think, I mean, I would have seen you do what you did, but I wouldn't know yeah. what's in there. So, because I was debating, like, do I yell, burn it up? But I don't know what it is. So, anyway. Z, when you tied up the um, statue, was your goal to prevent it from walking or prevent it from moving? Uh, well, basically to have it anchored to the other, to each other, to make it um, not be able to move around, not be able to easily move around. Thank you. Put an anchor uh, on it. <clears throat> is what I needed to know. All right, Barrett, your turn is over. Yes, oh, you're muted. Oh, you're uh, muted. I also don't think he actually yes. ever went. Did he? Yes. Yeah, yeah. he did. Thirteen and oh, fourteen. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Was that I, with I the D four? Yeah. Yeah, it was. Okay. Oh, with the D four. No, sorry. Um, On the first one, then it becomes a sixteen, and the second one becomes a sixteen. Do sixteens hit? No, they don't. Well then, Barrett I jumps on the sarcophagus. Looks cool. Trying to copy Z, <laughs> misses twice, and then goes crap and just patient defense. Don, the sarcophagus with no lid lies before you with um, the bones and tatters of a childhood dress. What would you like to do? Okay. I would like to use my interact with object to grab. How high up is the torch? The torch? Um, four or five feet off the ground? I just attached to the. I interact to pull it out of its frame or. Sure. Okay. I do that. And I would like to hold it over the opening to speak if I can have more than nine words. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I'm going to hold it over and I'll say, you attack my friends or myself, I drop it, talk. Roll a persuasion check. Uh, given given the torch, I will give you advantage. Okay. Does my bless, does it, can, can the words be an attack? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's fine. Sure. Why not? That seems reasonable. This is a battle tactic. Oh, okay. Well, I'm going to need that bless. Fine. Roll a four. Okay. That's going to be. And then let me look up. You said a persuasion check, right? Persu yeah. Persuasion. That's going to be 16. A 16? Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, you will find out what happens. Okay. Is there anything else you'd like to do? No, I'm just going to hold it. And if anything happens. If All right, Z, attacks, uh, yep, I, I Z, you've done a, an effective job of tying two statues up. One, you've seen animate and not be able to move as Barrett struck it and didn't do much damage. You also hear Don cry out, attack my friends, and I'll drop it. What would you like to do? Uh, Z would like to reach for his drum, which is right there on the sarcophagus. Indeed it is, yes. <clears throat> and set up another tune for some bardic inspiration. And for two, Dawn. And you're inspiring Dawn. All right. And you're in D8. Yep. You got Dawn. 10 minutes to use it. Ability check, attack roll, saving throw. There you go, Dawn. You have a dexter D8. You haven't used that in a while. So Anything many other else? things to do. I know. Anything else you'd like to do? Uh, uh, no, I like that spot. I, I think that's, that's good performance space. <clears throat> okay. Um, wow. Okay, so doo, 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 doo. the uh, quick boink. 
the Kellenbore statue, you watch as it um, has come to life and reacted to Barrett's attacks, but doesn't seem to be able to do much. It is going to turn and look at Don sternly, and then whoom, out of it flies the ghost, and she flies over to Don. Barrett, she passes you, so you have an attack of opportunity if you'd like it. I would very much like it. I mean, I can't imagine I would not take it. So roll. That's a 26 to hit. Yep, that definitely hits. And that's 11 points of magical bludgeoning plus. I'll dump two charges in. Ooh, for 12 points of force damage. So 11 magical bludgeoning and 12 force. All right. So that's a total of 20. It is. Uh, so, and that was your staff, correct? That was. Okay. So you, you swing the staff and it just passes right through the the ethereal mist that is this creature, but you see her wince in pain. Uh, it definitely does some a pretty significant amount of damage, judging by her reaction. Also, as she passes, or as the staff passes through her abdominal area around her chest, just below, uh, just right at, at her rib cage, as she kind of comes together on the other side of that, and the two pieces that were swiped in half rejoin each other, the entire image begins to shrink down a little bit. And you, Don, immediately see that the image of this crazed ghostly woman figure is slowly turning into that of a child. Not even slowly, within, within just moments and returns to that of a child. And she approaches you and pauses for just a second and then passes into you. For just a moment, you feel nothing but cold. And honestly, if if you were to describe it, it would be like being dead, but being aware of being dead. And then she passes over back to the coffin and her ghostly figure gets up on top of the, um, the sarcophagus and kind of kneels down to look at the bones beneath and the torch is essentially right in front of her eyes where you are. And she looks up at you and says, please don't. And that's her turn, uh, which will bring us to Eliana. Hmm. Hmm. I guess I see all this happen, correct? You wouldn't have heard what she said, but yeah, you would have seen all that. I need to decide. No, I will hold an Eldritch Blast and- An Eldritch Blast at whom? At the ghost, but okay. I'm going to stay where I am and wait. And that's my action. Holding uh for if I don't know what's happening, but I I assume because the ghost did not attack Dawn on like in its movement that there's something. So I'm gonna hold unless it attacks. Okay, fair enough. Uh that's Lathander's statue who does not take an action right now. Barrett, what would you like to do? You did hear the, the ghostly visage of the girl. If, if I heard it, then I am going to, I can get my token to move. Um, Barrett will step behind the ghost so that he is flanking it. Okay. And will ready an action, um, ready an attack. And basically the trigger is going to be if Dawn, if the ghost attacks Dawn or anyone else, Barrett will attack. Okay. Fair enough. Huh. And I'm not going to say anything because... I'm going to let Don take care of it. Okay, that's it. All right, Don, you're up. For my action, can I insight check the dead kid? Yeah. Cool. We're going to do that. Oh, my gosh. 
Oh, okay. I think that's going to be a 22. Let me double check my modifier because I always get insight messed up. Uh, 21. <laughs> uh, good roll. It is, it's very clear that she doesn't want you to do what you're about to do. Uh, there, her face looks very sweet and innocent and almost in a begging, pleading sort of way. What is not clear is whether or not she is going to stop being uh, an enemy. Uh, mm -hmm. it, it's kind of hit or miss. Okay, so... You do not sense resignation from her. You do sense that she doesn't want you to take this action, but she doesn't seem like she's um, giving up, if, if that means. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, okay, so Don's going to stand there for half a second while frantically processes things. <laughs> and uh, not moving his hand with the torch from over the body, um, he'll look at the kid and in a very sort of like older brother reprimanding a younger sibling way say you don't stop attacking i will i'm gonna right, roll keep the but... <laughs> advantage, I was advantage. Uh, dirty 20 okay fair enough uh all right is that end your turn yeah but i'm just gonna i'm holding it to where if anyone gets it like if i get attacked it, it might fall out of my hand into the you know into the cup <laughs> Fair enough. It's my turn. I love it. All right. Uh, moving on. Let's see. Um, Z. Uh, Z. Oh, what'd you like to do? <laughs> uh, Z will go up by the third unwrapped statue and wrap his poi around it. Oh, nice. Okay. Uh, with your poi, there's no survival check required. He is he is well contained. Then he's going to continue to drum as his bonus action. Awesome. You didn't use your bardic inspiration on any of those rolls, Don. I did not, no. You did that intentionally, okay. Alrighty then. Alrighty then. To be perfectly uh, honest, Don was a little dumbfounded and didn't think of it. <laughs> We're just going to keep going. I'll save it. All right. Um, Eliana, what would you like to do? Not much I feel able to. I will. Yeah. I will move out my rock area, continuing you see, 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30. I'll move about here for my okay. full movement, and I will continue to hold my action for Eldritch Blast. Fair enough. All uh, right. Anything else? Uh, I'll have, yeah, that's it. No, I won't have a rest of it. No. Um, yeah, that's it. All right. So, Dawn, as we come around to her turn. Uh, the ghost of the now, it's pretty obvious she's probably around 11, 12, now that you've seen a more accurate representation of the small child. Uh, probably around 11 and 12. And she is still knelt over her former skeleton and looking up at you and looking up at the torch and then back at you. And her face has a very pleading look to it. And she says, how could you? And then cries out, help, very loudly in a scream. At which point, uh, several more rocks fall from the ceiling. Man. Several more rocks just fall from the ceiling and don't hit anybody. I can't even hit them with a ceiling. Yeah. One, does manage <laughs> to crush, one of them does manage to crush a pew, though, because it's got to do something like 
please. Um, so we have we have a crushed view. In addition, as you all look up to see these rocks tumbling into your space, you also see another blue ethereal mist approaching, um, dissolving or or rather appearing from the space above you, and two ethereal figures come floating down from above, presumably from the um, cemetery above you. One is uh, the ghost of probably an elven woman, um, but who knows? The other is clearly a dwarven male, and they are going to join us now. Boink. And Ellie, after your turn, the it is the um, the ghost's turn, so she will take a turn. Uh, she floats over immediately to toward the child. Um, let's see how far she can go, real quick. Da, 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 da. She has a float of forty. And just right over. Yeah, straight toward you, Barrett. Um, Barrett, she is going to reach out and just caress the back of your neck. Like in a sexy kind of way, or a... oh no, not hello, in a sexy darling. Uh, and you just sense the cold from her hand as it approaches, and you mm-hmm. pull forward, and you pull out of out of um, out of her reach just in time, and that will end her turn, and that will bring us all the way back to Barrett. You felt the cold just brush against the back of you. You're not even sure what it is because you're looking at the the sarcophagus, but you felt the cold air come in behind you. There's definitely something back there. <laughs> I mean, okay, it doesn't matter. Um, all right, against my better judgment, Barrett is going to hop up on this sarcophagus, spinning around to face his, what he's assuming was an attacker. Yep. Fair enough. And go to town because he just got attacked and he doesn't like that. Okay. So. What are you attacking with? And and the all... staff of striking. Okay. At least for the first two shots. Sure. And the first one is a twenty-nine to hit. That absolutely hits. And that's going to be twelve points of magical bludgeoning. Okay. And then the second attack is a thirteen. Uh, thirteen also hits. And that's going to be 12 more points of magical bludgeoning. All right. And then with the unarmed strike, which call it a kick to the head since it's right about at eye level, a 15 to hit. Uh, 15 also hits. And that will be eight points of magical bludgeoning. Fair enough. And that's what he's going to do. I think that's his turn. And he he will yell, you said never again. What do you want us to not do? And that'll be his turn. All right. Uh, so Barrett strikes out, immediately jumps back under the sarcophagus almost instinctively to get towards whatever this enemy is. The peasant woman ghost has uh, a very frightening and angry looking face, but otherwise she's frail peasant woman looking. Uh, she's dressed in rags that seem very unbecoming of someone who's just been buried. So uh, Barrett takes several shots at her, each just completely diminishing her, and her glow is already starting to fade as Barrett takes um, pretty significant attack after attack after attack again. And that will bring us to Dawn. Uh-huh. Uh, action, channel divinity, turn undead. As an action, so a holy symbol forward. Yep. And... <coughs> 
Bless you. Will you. be to the girl. <clears throat> I don't want to, but I can. So each of them need to make a wisdom saving throw. I believe it is a 16. Um, let me double check that because it isn't listed. Uh, uh, it's 16. Yeah. Okay, you said each of them, but I didn't catch exactly who who's impacted. Oh, the the, the undead. Any undead with that can see or hear me within thirty feet. Thirty feet. Okay. Um. So as your holy symbol is thrust out first to the girl in the uh, sarcophagus, and what is the saving throw? Sixteen wisdom save. She. Uh, you see her kind of turn, glance away at the the holy symbol, just kind of moves her head back and then turns back to you and her face turns from sweet innocent little girl to briefly something a little more evil and then back to the little girl and she is not turned uh see about these other folks um all right you said it was a wisdom save Mm -hmm. so the ghost closest to barrett is turned and I believe that's basically frightened for a ghost, yes? Yes. Um, I can read you the exact. If you don't mind. Yeah, uh, for its action, it can only use the dash to get away from me. And if there's nowhere to move, it has to use, the, or it can use the dodge action. Um, they're turned for a minute or until they take any damage. And I remember way back at the other crypt, Don told everybody after that all went wrong, if it starts fleeing, don't attack it. But they won't know that until they see them move. Okay. And our dwarf, let's see what he looks like. Um, ah, wait just a moment. It's a 16. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the dwarf. And then, Sorry, go ahead. Done. Uh, the dwarf, no, the dwarf is not turned. And then for my... So as, as the dwarf sees the holy symbol, you hear him turn. He turns basically at the, at the other ghost and says, buck up there, lass, and um, turns back to you. He is not turned, but his uh, his inspirational talk <laughs> did not have, seem to have an effect on the gun. Cool. For my bonus action, spiritual weapon will fly at the dwarf, and then as my interact with object slash free action, I will drop the torch. <laughs> like in one... Okay. Torch <laughs> drop. <laughs> Torch dropped. Gauntlet thrown. No, gauntlet moved. Roll. <laughs> gauntlet flung. Uh, and then attacking with spiritual weapon is going to probably miss. Let's see. That was not good. Um, that would be... Oh, and then I also get the blast. That's going to be a 14 to hit. Uh, that is exactly the roll that you needed. A 14 just hit. Cool. So I will also divine strike with that. All right. So that's going to be a total of Four force and then uh, three radiant. Right. Uh, yeah. So the dwarf, you know, takes a pop in the chin from from the spiritual weapon. <laughs> I love the look of that. Um, golly. Which brings us to the dwarf's turn. He sees you drop the um, the torch and floats very quickly over to you. Um, he is going to reach out to you and his his ghostly hand basically aims for your neck and that is an 18 to hit which i'm sure doesn't no no um and then after that he is going to 
um, swing his axe. His he reaches out his hand, and you dodge too effectively. So he just with his other hand swings his axe, uh, hmm, which is a seventeen. I dodge that one too. Yeah, and then followed by a twenty-one on the second. That that hits. That hits. Uh. <laughs> Good job, David. You hit me. <laughs> one time in six months. Oh, I'm going to half that damage. 15, 20, oh, man. <laughs> I have a system no. and like nobody no. got hurt after Barrett. So. All right. So it would have been 23, but that makes it 11 necrotic damage to both of you. And Don, I need you to make a uh, constitution saving throw, please. Seven damage? Yes, plus a constitution okay. Oh, no, wait. I'm sorry. I lied. Sorry. Lied. Nope. Forget the saving throw. Sorry. My fault. Um, all right, moving on. Z, uh, there seems to be a cluster of, of activity south of you. <laughs> what would you like to do? Uh, Z would like to keep up the inspirational beat for right now and keep his eye on these three statues and maybe inch a little bit closer down to the other sarcophagus. <clears throat> right there, okay? No, on top of the sarcophagus, obviously. All right, obviously. I love it. It's tough to find a stage in a crypt. It is these days, you know. Ellie, what would you like to do? Okay, well, attacking happened. Technically, I held my action, so I just didn't think about it until just now. Mm. Okay. I should be doing two. So go ahead and do your action, and then we'll play your turn. Yeah. Okay, so two Eldritch Brass at the dwarf for attacking Dawn, who I was okay. waiting to get attacked. So, That's correct. Um, okay, so, oh, God. First Eldritch Blast. Ooh. 20, oh God, that's uh It hits. Yes, yeah, 30 something to hit. <laughs> oh God. Yeah, it was a 20, 24 plus eight. Fair um, enough, 32, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that pretty much hits. Yeah, and I'm gonna roll the second one and then I'll do damage to make it that's easier. Yeah. Uh, that's a six, so that misses. Yeah, that misses. And remind me again what the damage type is, force? Uh, force damage. Um, whoa, I jumped. That's uh, <clears throat> eight points oh yeah yeah eight points of force damage all right to the dwarf ghost eldritch blast just kind of hits and it, it almost looks like it's going to pass through him and then you see it hits right on his surface and his whole surface shimmers it definitely had an impact okay so that was my react actually uh having damage is that a reaction yes mm -hmm. reaction Okay, so technically I used my reaction for that and holding an action is a reaction. So Oh, that's right. So yeah. I'm yeah. going to that's that then so that that, that, that was my turn. Yeah. I forgot that having damage is a reaction. I did too. Thank you for noticing that. So no, so are no. you done or are you gonna move? Um I'm going to stay where I am and I will have Rascal attack for my bonus action. And it's just one little two arrow to the dwarf. Damn. Uh, you were done. I want somebody to explain to me what just happened, but go ahead. Keep going. I'll clarify for you. That's keep a 25, 24 that to hit. Yeah. Jeez, I keep rolling ones on these dice, though. That's um, five points of magical piercing damage on the ghost dwarf. Okay. And um, that is my turn. Who did you hit? Who did Rascal hit? The dwarf. ghost dwarf, but I will have him move on the other side of the other ghost that's talking to you to give you advantage. Not talking to you. You know, who's there next to you, Barrett? So the other ghost... Uh, she ran been... away. Yeah. Oh, she, she ran away. Okay, well, she well then... Now her turn, so... She, is right. she ran, did I get an opportunity Rascal attack? You will, yes. You know what? Okay. Oops, sorry. 
Rascal is still technically on the opposite side of where she was. I, right. So both that. Rascal and Barrett would get a tax opportunity as she flees. You know what? I'm going to say that Barrett wouldn't attack because at this point he would have turned and seen what was happening with Dan and all of his attention is probably focused there. So fair enough. I'm, I'm Barrett's going to let the ghost go. All right. Rascal attacked for a 13. Oh, uh, uh, sorry. Uh, 17. That absolutely hits. Roll some damage for Rascal. Because Rascal doesn't know about the ghost thing. So I apologize. Okay. Uh, okay. Sorry, that was a seven points of magical piercing. All right. As the ghost flees and Rascal uh, reaches out and just takes a claw attack and just swipes it straight through what appears to be her face neck area. She is looking incredibly rough, even for a ghost. Uh, but she does manage to flee to the other side of the room at the very least. And yeah, I don't think in the tomb the last time we were there. That will mean it is now our child's turn. Uh, Don, she sees the burning beneath her. The flames are starting to reach up into her as all of the stuff that is some sort of textile begins to catch a fire just immediately, almost as if it's a, um, a flash of, of flame. And she looks back up at you and her face changes from sweet, innocent little child to that of something absolutely terrifying. If you were capable of being frightened, she would have frightened you just then. But instead, she is going to fly off toward uh, this statue, which will give you, Don, an attack of opportunity if you choose to take it. Mm -hmm. Sorry, there's someone outside. We're close. We're close. We're close. We're going to hunker down. Um, basically. Um, wow. Mm-hmm. 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 Oh. if I could have half a second. Looking at my face. Barrett, what did you need explained again? Or Travis? Well, I, I thought, though, so you said that you were holding your action to yeah. if the creature attacked Dawn. The creature did attack Dawn, so then that was your reaction. Then when it came to your turn, now it's a fresh turn, because that reaction was tied to your old turn. So now you oh. get a new, because you can't take a reaction. You can only take the reaction on your turn. We had come back to the top of the order. You're right. So we, that's why I was saying, like, it should have been your turn again. Yeah, no, you're right. Because I so think we, that's, that's we why I was confused happened but, before whatever i yeah i mean it's no no you're you're absolutely right that's okay because this happened before and i think yeah it's always hard for me to figure out yeah it's kind of like you're sitting there with your reaction ready if you don't use it and it comes to your turn then it just dissolves whatever it yeah. was and, but if it does come if you do use it now when it comes to your turn you're ready to go again but yeah. whatever ready I'll to go leave it. we're good we're good yeah yeah, no, you're right. Yeah. I just wanted to make sure I hadn't misunderstood the rule. So no, I think okay. no, no, you got it. That was okay. But I'll, I mean, I'll leave. I forgot to take my reaction when I should have taken my reaction, and that's what got to me. So fair enough. I'll leave it. Uh, is enough time is the body actively burning? At this point, it's hard to tell. Uh, roll a perception check, disadvantage, if you would like. Sure. Oh, 17. Uh, there is de definitively something is burning, and it's very burning very bright and hot. It's very difficult to tell if it's bones burning, but you would gather, I think, with that high of a roll that it is uh, the textiles, whatever was oh. left press, um, probably not bones, considering how old they are. I will sacred flame the bones. Oh, 
Hell yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So so the bones have to make a deck save. It's getting serious here. All right. Well, they're going to fail. They have to make a deck save. So the, the corpse will take 2d8 radiant. So it will take four. All right. Um, and then my bonus action, uh, spiritual weapon, will down into the coffin. Oh, hell yeah. Burn the bones and crumple all of them. Mm -hmm. oh Burn and churn, you know. Yeah, so um, um, the bones just essentially obliterate right in front of you. Uh, the sacred flame, or, or even without the um, spiritual weapon, they, they pretty much vaporize. Um, They're so old and brittle to begin with. And at the exact same time, the statue Z, you're the one watching it. So the statue... Mm -hmm. Um, on your right begins to try to, you see it starting to struggle against its ropes as she enters it and mm -hmm. it falls completely still and just completely stops. Anything else you would like to do, Don? Oh no, I'm, I'm gonna forego my next turn by the way, cause I blanked and realized that was a reaction. It wasn't my turn. So I just did two things, but my next turn, I won't do anything if that's okay. Because it was a it was an opportunity attack. It wasn't my turn yet. Oh, that's right. It was okay. Fair so enough. So I completely like blanked. That's okay. It's more at this point. I think we're in more of the spirit of the turn, not the, <laughs> yeah, uh, not the mechanics. Barrett, you watch as Don begins to obliterate the bones. Um, what would you like to do, Barrett? Well, so tell me, did I see the statue trying to animate and then stop? Like, do I, I know that? I would say you or, have not, or technically she hasn't done it yet. Sorry. Yeah, I would say you haven't been able to observe it long enough to see it stopping. It's it's still wiggling like it's going to. Um, All right. Well, I think what I would do, even knowing that it's going to stop moving, I mean, Z is there. The thing is tied up. I probably wouldn't turn around to attack that. I'm more worried about this thing that's attacking Dawn. Um, so I will use my movement to go around the flaming sarcophagus to have uh, advantage with flanking on the dwarf guy and whack him. All right, go for it. Whack him with what? A good old staff of striking. All right. Why would I turn away from that now? Actually, it hasn't oh, been working all that well for me. But reason, but let's try it again anyway. Uh, first time is a 23. Uh, absolutely hits. Roll your damage. And that is a 13 damage. Magical bludgeoning. All right. Second I forgot attack. To, I'm sorry. I forgot to roll to see if I maintain concentration on Bless. And it was... You didn't take any damage. So, yeah, I did. It took the 11. Oh, shoot. So um, did I. Good. Uh, so it's um, a 10. Yeah. It's a constitution saving throw of okay, so 10 or half the damage you took, whichever is higher. Oh, I just rolled a dirty six, a straight 16. So good. Bless I rolled an good. 11. So Bless stays up for everybody. Mm -hmm. Okay, Barrett, add a D4. <laughs> okay. Um, well, I don't think I need him because I got a 23 and a 23 um, to hit. And so that's 27 total magical bludgeoning damage. Yep. Is he still up? Wait, what was the first damage? I'm sorry. The first damage was a 13. No, I'm sorry. The second damage. I already did. The, the second first. damage was a 14. All right. Uh, yes, he is still up. He looks pretty rough. All right. Then I'll take my third hit as an or third attack as an unarmed strike. Okay. Because I can punch ghosts. Um, it's an 18 <laughs> plus three is <laughs> enough to hit. is a hit, and that damage is seven magical bludgeoning. 
Yeah, he is um, definitely looking pretty rough, but he is still alive for sure. Alrighty. All right. Now, as if we're actually paying attention to turns, Don, it's your turn. And you do all the things you said you just did. Uh, And that brings us to our dwarf who is going to. Oh, poor Don. What kind of day Don is having? Um, The dwarf is going to um, reach out again toward Don's neck and fail again with a 19. Fails. Yeah, good. Okay. So then um, axes swing again. Nope. Okay. So the dwarf is going to waste its time dawdling around near Don. Um, And it curses uh, twice in Dwarven and once in common. And I'll let you figure out what word it is. Uh, (laughs) Uh. (laughs) But he's not going to move. Z, um, it is your turn. The statue nearest you has... Um, you saw it begin to push against its restraints and you saw the blue kind of vapor around the statue and both of those completely stopped. The statue has become completely inert. What would you like to see? He would like to hit it with the whip anyway with intent to encircle just to make sure it's not going anywhere. Fair enough. Um, roll your attack with advantage. Uh, 18 uh, the whip, it's uh, 16. It's very grappled. Uh, in that case, we'll actually call it restrained as well. So, All right. Since it was already grappled. Um, that will bring us to Eliana. Oops. Eliana. Okay. That other ghost took damage, right? The yeah. one, which one? She is no oh, longer frightened, so she has a turn. Oh, this one. Because she took damage. She took damage from Rascal. I think it was four slashing or piercing. She is now back in like Seven. full yeah. capacity for fighting. Is like... Oh. Okay. Four or five magical. Yeah. Well, it's not her turn yet, so Eliana. Okay. Well, Thanks. Mr. Dwarf is still acting the fool, so do Eldritch Blast. All right, roll your attack. Eldritch Blast number one, 16 to hit. 16 hits. Roll the damage. Okay. Jeez. Oh, whoa. Uh, 14 points of force damage. Oh. I keep saying only the numbers that my dice roll for for to hit, but I keep forgetting to add the plus eight. That's a lot. Eight is a lot to forget. I know, but like if 16 hits, I don't even have to worry about the plus my brain. Uh, do I need to roll again? Yes. Is it dead? Okay. Ooh, that's a unnat 20 for a 28 total. Absolutely hits. Roll your damage. If only it was a nat 20. Uh, not as good. Uh, six points of force damage. All right. And you watch as the dwarf vaporizes in front of you, Don, not making a single valid attack. Moving on. And one. What else? Yeah, one valid attack. Okay, Eliana, is that an um, uh, Yes, I will, I will stand where I am. All right. Um, Z, this ghost is going to come for you. Mm-hmm. And oh, sh- okay. go ahead. What? I forgot about Rascal. Oh, go ahead. But hold on. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to perception check to see if Rascal even notices the ghost he hit earlier, since we were all focused on the dwarf. And that's a nat one, so he does not notice the old ghost, <laughs> so his turn is Fair over. Enough. All right, Z, she zooms in towards you and reaches out a hand at you. You feel the cold press against you, and she misses. Whew, so much for my crit roll day. Which brings us back to Barrett. I just been weddings all night. All right. Um, okay. Well, Barrett would love to give this ghost the option to uh, go back to its eternal rest, but I think it's not going to. So he runs up to flank the ghost and takes a whack with his staff of striking. Okay. 
which is a 29 to hit for 13 okay. points That's of magical okay. bludgeoning. Yeah, and she fades into the And we drop out of initiative because all seems quiet on the Western Front. Also on the nose, 9.30. 9.30 on the dot. I said, it, I said we were going to almost, mm-hmm. wow, 45 minutes for combat. That's amazing. <laughs> I, gotta get I mean, it was more than 45 wow. minutes. Wow. I got to say, guys, if we're, are we really done for the night? Yeah, I was just going to, ju- let me just sum up real quick. So, so you appear to have vanquished all the enemies that are in here. Everything seems to be back at peace. Uh, you have yet to figure out what happened with the seal around Dreslin's tomb or coffin, and you have the beginnings of an opening for a tunnel in the northernmost coffin. The southernmost coffin is full of dust and debris, uh, save one small statue of a swan, which is just broken in half in two pieces lying in the bottom of the Everything else is pretty well destroyed. And I mean, that, that was a good battle, guys. You did a great job. You did a great job. I am impressed. Anyway, go ahead. Statue. 